is Leanne Centaur, who you might know from a variety of fandoms, but mostly anime, Sailor Moon. Oh, yes. Like, anything from Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty isolated. Thank you very much. It's uh, I'm a big fan. Even though I have to admit that most of the time I don't know what you're talking about. If it's like a fandom, but I like to kind of vicariously enjoy other shows that I would never watch <laughs> just through the lens of crazy women. Like, it, it's... It's a much better experience sometimes than just watching, like, a mediocre live-action drama about men. <laughs> well, you know, I, I agree with you. Actually, part of the reason that I badgered MK into starting the podcast with me is because I'm, like, a, I'm like a radio show fiend. Like, mm. I listen to a half-dozen podcasts a week, and all, they all cover subjects that are interesting, mm-hmm. but all the cultural podcasts that I listened to were, like, it was never my kind of crazy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, no, like, people didn't make sufficiently filthy jokes. <laughs> they didn't really cover the media that I listened to. And, like, absolutely no one ever said the words gaping asshole. So, like, clearly this was something that we needed to fix. <laughs> there, was a, there was a cultural gap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a cultural vacancy. Ten points to Gryffindor. Right there. That was delightful. Good. It's good to know that you will fill gaps as necessary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, filthy. I love it. What this is eighteen plus, right? We can yeah, say we like market fuck and stuff. Alright, all right, good. Just double checking. Eighteen plus are like willing to lie about being eighteen plus. So. Who among We're us fine. was not reading porn at like thirteen? Uh, I I was not actually. I didn't oh. get into adult media until I was in my twenties and it was because I self censored. Good. I'm I'm a very personally are conservative Oh yeah. I'm a very personal conservative, politically liberal <laughs> person. For one of the filthiest people I know. Oh. Weirdly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have on my I, my iPhone when to do the Islamic prayers right next to my drama CDs. Seventeen different ways boys are getting screwed audio wise, um, and it's just the duality. I of think that's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I feel like that's beautiful. <laughs> that's like the yin and the yang. yang. Well, I've I've always and been the a big yaoi. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've always been a big proponent of media being sort of this outlet, not just an outlet for people, but a way that people sort of learn about life and experiment in life without making horrible life-destroying decisions. And that you can sort of, you know, there are all these things that we want to explore about ourselves and other people's and, and other people in humanity, but if we did them, there would be gross political <laughs> ramifications and, you know, jail time and that sort of a thing. So I like my media as crazy as possible. But at the same time, I do also believe that adult stuff should sort of be for adults and kids stuff for kids. And when I grew up, I believed that as well. So I avoided it because I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it or understand it. But when I'm ready, I'm going to go read what I want to read. Mm-hmm. And then when I hit my 20s, I was like, it's time. Let's, like, it's go time. Let's go. Yes. You know what? That's, that's actually a great segue into this week's topic which is one that I think that MK and I have definitely wanted to do for a while, but we were like, no, we need to get Leanne on this. <laughs> give, like, give this due credit. So the topic for this week is we are talking about a facet of gay delights called Yaoi. <laughs> That's like the best description gay of Yaoi delights. ever. We haven't yeah. even gotten into what it actually yes. is yet. Who, who, wants to de- who wants to define the gay delight? <laughs> <laughs> it's Yaoi. 
Leanne, as our special guest, <laughs> it will be your job. All right. So it's important to establish, first of all, that Yaoi, boys love, however you want to call it, is female gaze. This is written for women. It is assuming the audience is women. Oh, yes. And the the creators are generally women as well. Although there's some overlap there. I don't know if we're going to go quite that deep today about male creators and Yaoi sort of thing. But Going all the way. <laughs> <laughs> all the way. <laughs> You're going to plumb that well hard. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> I have this terrible feeling that there's going to be this growing list of puns that are going to get worse and worse. <laughs> like, puns that should never be spoken aloud, let alone recorded and distributed to potentially thousands of people. It's going to be beautiful. Welcome to the Slash Report! Yay! Yeah, totally. Two plates back out. <laughs> Destroying culture one podcast at a time. You're here forever. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was this group of women called the Fabulous 49ers, who I think were, like, in the very late 60s, early 70s, who were, uh, like... It's like a couple creators, and a bunch of them kind of lived in the same apartment complex. And they were basically the first women who started doing stories for women. So they were like the first women who were women creators for women. Like, they had comics for women before that, but it was mostly done by men. So these creators actually did technically start kind of Yowie and Boys Love as it is today. They're, uh, they're two stories that are considered sort of the very beginning of Boys Love. One of them is The Song of the Wind and Trees by Keiko Takamiya, uh, which is has been animated and actually was dubbed over in English many years ago. And the other is um, Heart of Thomas, I think is the name of it. It's a Motohagio book, which is coming out soon in English through um, Fantagraphics. Uh, but but they were... you are writing down names of stuff to check out. Um, <laughs> fair warning, both of the mangas that uh, Leanne just listed off, the experience of reading them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very much feel like reading uh, original zine form Star Trek original series <laughs> fanfiction. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my best analogy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like it's, you almost see the Angel City website and <laughs> the net login and the purple prose. Yeah. So, like, fair warning, it's mm. definitely the origin oh, of yeah, all of yeah. this, like, or fast fuckery to come. But, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it may it, not be a cup of tea. And it's funny, I've, I've heard interviews where Motohagyo and Kekatakamiya are both blaming each other for starting to, like, no, hers was first. It's her fucking fault. I didn't do this shit, you know? Like, they were sort of, you know, it was the beginning. Uh, the most famous series that spawned out of this kind of 80s downer mentality of Yaoi is Aino Kusabi, which I think a lot of people are familiar with because they made oh, a... God. Oh, yes. They made a two-episode OVA in, like, late 80s, early 90s that... Yeah, it's basically a story about, like... It's like a space opera with, like... It's like a space opera with explicit porn oh, yeah. rules. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Blondie's rule. <laughs> There's these... And, like, oh, if you're a brunette, you just, like, are a butt slave. <laughs> like, holy shit... When did 70s porn rule <laughs> oh, so aggressively? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, like, that's the most famous sort of, like, 80s, 90s, you know, downer one. And then since then, it has gone through a lot of changes. And I feel like in the 90s, there was a little bit of this... Um, okay, so we're going to use terminology. So, seme means literally, like, to attack, or attack in Japanese. And uke is to receive. You'll use those terms in karate, like the attacker and the receiver sort of thing. So it basically means like top and bottom, right? So you have seme is top, uke is bottom. Now, there are a lot of very interesting essays written about why yaoi succeeds, but there was a very obvious trend, I think, more in the 90s, but you'll still see it, where the uke was very clearly supposed to stand in for the female reader where this was supposed to be, like, a boy that you could relate to, and the top is sort of the alpha male or whatever that you would go for if you were straight. But in the 90s, they even... They went so far as to make these uke extremely feminine. I mean, to the point where they were, like, these 
boy-girl hybrid monsters. Where I can't imagine anyone being attracted to this creature, but they were basically just a cipher for sort of the female audience relating, but at the same time it's a boy, but it's only kind of a boy. Like, he's boy parts. But he's got a oh girl. god! Like no, no, no! We can't, we can't, we can't like travel down this like dark path because <laughs> I've had so many like fucking awful ass conversations about like the uke in yaoi manga being like our fucking I don't know like our fucking avatar in mm. that sort of media. Oh yeah, yeah. And like whether or not, given the fact that one of the other things that we should establish for those of you who are not familiar with yaoi and boys love and a particularly like potentially problematic aspect of it oh, for yeah, some yeah. people who are curious about the curious about the media is that like dubious consent flagrant non-consensual sex and like consent levels in general involved in yaoi and bl are like magic like they really have no correlation <laughs> with like reality and oh, yeah. um frequently speaking you will have the semi like to attack super accurate because like <laughs> it's just you don't really have to like ask whether or not the person you're about to fuck wants to be engaged in intercourse with you. That just happens to them. Puberty or the weather. Like you're just, <laughs> it's just going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, no, I think it Anyways, is. The point is yes. that like, um, they're, they're really, I think they're really, really tightly established. Like even, even as Yaoi has changed, right? Like mm-hmm. even as it's gone from the ultra, ultra weepy, extremely, extremely like, feminized bottom sexual partner to something that's like inching ever closer to i don't know like i would say modern slash territory where you can where you're sort of fantasy based but like similarly we like do strive for some level of reality yeah um there's still some giant 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 like uh fair warning you know in many of these stories like People just introduce themselves by non-conning you. Oh, yeah. And, and for that reason, there are a lot of people who are either into Slash or just into sort of female gaze in, in, in general who will never, ever like Yaoi or Boys Love because these consent issues are so systemic that yeah. it is you really have to seek out something that only has consensual sex in it because it's like 5% of what exists. Yeah, and, and even yeah. in those cases, like, there's... Like, the whole representation of consent is very different, right? Like, you're still going to get, like, the bottom kind of, like, crying the whole time (laughs) and constantly being like, no, that's strange. What are you doing? But that's the same in, like, pet stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is actually kind of a shoujo tradition, the idea of, like, crying during sex is not... more. (laughs) It's It's terrible to defend crying during sex, but in shoujo it was represented to be such an enormously emotional time for you. And or it's tied in with sort of like the pain of virginity loss kind of thing. That it isn't just an issue of consent here. Like people crying in their first time doesn't necessarily mean it's because it wasn't consensual. But however, there's plenty of non non consensual times where the boy is definitely crying. And and that's why for a lot of people it's just like this is too triggering. This is too offensive. Yeah. Like this is not for you. And that is I'm glad you brought that up because it is important to establish before anyone gets involved in this that this shit is fucked up. But it's yes, it's, but we will give you recommendations if yes. you're interested. Oh yes, and we mark out clearly the ones that you should or should not be prepared to like. Oh, right. Away. I would say I think so. For a lot of our listeners, they probably read a lot of fan fiction and yeah. maybe have never read any manga, let alone yaoi before. Yeah. So the thing to keep in mind is in slash fan fiction, they do a lot of like. There's a condom, and there's a big focus on, like, spending a lot of time stretching the anus. (laughs) Scissoring. Scissoring, 
rim jobs, like extensive fingering, like, you know, like... 45 minutes of enema use. Like, yeah. I got a manga like that when we're done. (laughs) Fantastic. But you know what I mean? There's like a huge focus on just like making it as comfortable as possible for the bottom in in a lot of slash, not all slash fanfiction, obviously, but in a lot of it. That is not the case in Yaoi. However, don't let that turn you off because like the reason that I got into slash fanfiction is by reading Yaoi. Yeah. I think that says more about you. (laughs) Uh, That's true of a lot of people, so... Yeah. Yaoi is very much, I would have to say that, like, Yaoi is slash, like, Yaoi is yeah. visual slash, like, yeah. like, slash fiction is not written for male readers, mm-hmm. um, Yaoi is by no means intended for gay readers, I'm sure that there's, like, another subsection of manga oh, yes. that, like, specifically targets, like, actual homosexual men, it's not yeah. in that section of the bookstore, oh, where, yeah, like, yeah. where Mankui is sitting, do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. there's no, like, I, you know, Kusabi, OAB, <laughs> sitting in their section, and I think that yeah. makes sense. The other element of this, aside from it's sort of divorcing, like, female desire, which can be so politicized, even oh, yes. as we look at it, from our bodies and, like, just applying it to males, mm-hmm. is that it's it's like Slash in the sense that it's like a fantasy thing, right. you know? Like, I don't think that any... You know, it doesn't matter if you, like, properly stretch the anus, because, like, <laughs> it's not... The, that's really not the point. Yeah, it's yeah. like... We already know female, that... All... I think that, like, in many cases, Yaoi is, like, the most honest form of female porn. Yep. Like, there's something about it that gets gets us off and like i don't really care if it's like completely health and safety conscious if that makes any sense at all (laughs) well it's interesting in that when yaoi came over because it hasn't existed in the west you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. that long ago so when it came over here it was actually really well received in the queer community and a lot of gay men and like queer women would kind of be like yeah we can talk about queer issues through this and that wasn't the intent that how it was made however when you talk about queer issues in a lot of media a lot of the time they'll make it like a big deal and we gotta be like oh my god it's like either full of angst or it's so again politicized it's it's layered it's tough to read and then this stuff came over they're like check it out everybody's fucking gay and they love it you know like even though they're not using the word gay huh it's yeah it's it's awesome it's awesome yeah, and like, and they were just so happy for visibility, a, a genre that was accepted in lots of different communities kind of thing. I, I think that's definitely fair. Oh, but one thing that we should touch on before we continue down our road <laughs> is um, different, ter- like another terminology thing. Specifically, boys love is generally what I would refer to as like G through PG-13 rated, maybe etching into soft R. Yaoi, I think, actually stands for something that means like... <laughs> I, this I, is debatable. Remember what it stands for? Yes. Okay. Well, some hilarious. people said it. It like there, there's a the joke was that it's it stands for the Japanese words, which I can't. Yamete ushirigaitai, I think, which is stop it, my ass hurts. But what it oh, actually, God. yeah, what it actually stood for was um no like no climax, no point. But over here, pe- like the the terms are used pretty much. Um, you can just swap them out for each other. Yeah. This is like a terrible like down I can't the rabbit we're discussing hole. Terminology. We could be talking about cocks. Yeah, like <laughs> it hurts me. Like I don't, I don't like this. Like we had so many gaps to fill, and all we've <laughs> yeah. done all the fill, gaps. The <laughs> fill all the gaps. Well, that's you established. That's something that you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, so do the boys that we're discussing. Fill all the gaps. <laughs> about half the boys. The other half are just providing the gaps. <laughs> like, oh god. Oh god. It's terrible, but it's true. Like, all the millions of terms that get involved in this business. But, like, for the people that we haven't scared away yet, let's tell them, like, why is this so good? Like, (laughs) what drew you into it? Like, what was your first flush with Yaoi or Boy's Love? 
and like what kept you reading. And I'm gonna make MK go first. Oh, good, oh, yeah, good, good. This is so embarrassing. I was gonna say, I'm, I don't want to open on this. <laughs> to give you the but worst. That's what MK is for. Yeah, I'll give you the worst backstory <laughs> ever. Which was, uh, I used to watch Gundam Wing, which is like a political <laughs> show about giant robots in the future. That, oh, sisters, that show is as bad as it sounds. Oh, yeah, yes. It, it's not a good Genuinely show. Genuinely, objectively terrible. Like, even as I was watching it, I was like, this show isn't good. You know what I want? Fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how it happened. So, uh, I was looking for fan fiction for Gundam Wing, and, uh, I was very young and very stupid, and so what I was looking for was Hero Rulina, which is like the official head pairing in the show, except that the thing is that Rulina, canonically, is a crazy-ass stalker who, like, should not exist. Like, someone should have shot her in the face in the first episode, and I just, like, was not catching on to this. Um, but in Gundam Wing fandom, they do this weird thing where they only refer to characters by numbers. Uh, and so I was trying to find Hero Valina, and I saw something, and it had, like, a bunch of numbers attached to it, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, I'm clicking on this. And then partway through the story, Hero started fucking Duo, who is another boy, and I was like, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm kind of enjoying it, so I'm gonna keep reading. And it was, like, an epic story, okay? This is, like, at the time, like, 30,000 words of, like, Hero Duo love. And it was, like, six months before I figured out that one times two meant that these two boys would be having sex with each other, and one plus two meant that they would just be, like, maybe making out a little. Yeah, it was like more like a friendship. Well, because every, every fandom has its own coding, and in, in Gundam Wing, their names all mean numbers. numbers. Yeah, so, like, Hero Yui, that means, like, one in Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, and Duo obviously means two. Two. So, yeah, it was very easy to trick children <laughs> to read pornography. It's really if it's the times table, it's going to be MC-17. Like, that's the hard oh, yeah. and fast rule. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, okay, so I read this Hero Duo story, and it was ultra gay. And I was like, I'm like Clearly alone? when the man-on-man sex started, I think that's when it becomes <laughs> gay. <laughs> but here's the thing, it was like, alone in my room. And I remember, like, looking at the door to my room and being like, shit, I really hope my mom doesn't walk in right now. Um, And then I was like, oh, I need more. (laughs) And it was, like, the most, like, the shameful moment where you're like, I think that first moment where kids are hiding porn from their parents. How old were you? Oh, we're not saying. Uh, Let's not, let's not, let's not. Oh, that's right. I was pretty young. I was nine. Like six. (laughs) I couldn't read yet. My parents were reading it to me. (laughs) Continue. um, I read Aino Kasabi in the womb. (laughs) Obviously. If you could bring any book to the womb, why would you choose Aino Kasabi? (laughs) I don't know. I just really like it when blondes, like, do it with brunettes with motorcycles, and then everyone dies in a fire. That really worked for me. I know Kusab. People wrecked that you to me all the time. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I, They'd I, be like, you like Slash? You know what you would like? I know Kusabi. And I was like, well, fuck you. That, that was no. part... I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. But that was back when that was the only one you could get. So let's be fair. Like, I knew... Like, I knew Kasabi, when it came out, like, fan-subbed and stuff over here, there was literally almost no other yaoi yeah. that had ever been animated yeah, that's and brought like the, That's, like, the equivalent of arguing that, like, it's okay to, like, snort this heroin that's mostly talcum powder because <laughs> we have no better option. <laughs> Frankly, guys, like, go smoke some weed instead. We can do better. Like, let's wait until we have better <laughs> systems in place. Right. Okay, continue your story. Sorry. So, I, like, shamefully started hoarding this stuff for, like, months and months like, all the Gundam Wing 
All the Gundam Wing porn. Did you print it out? Hells yes, I did. I had like you binders for Sailor Moon and Gundam Wing fan fiction. And I would take them with me on like car rides, but I wouldn't be able to open it in the car. I would have to like wait till we got to the destination. I would just be like, oh, so tense. Like, don't ever open this binder. I know it's in the bottom of my suitcase and you'll never go in there, but don't open this binder. Really, just like the least. Oh, it was bad. Um, however, eventually, thank God. Uh, scanlations became a thing, mm. which is, uh, where people would scan manga from Japan, white out all of the Japanese text, and then translate it and, like, fill in the English and post it on the internet. I started reading a lot of scanlations, and the thing is, I still, I did not know any of the terminology. I was just like, da da da, da I like gay boys! Did not understand what I was doing, and, uh, stumbled into terrible, terrible things that we will probably have to discuss, like, Underground Hotel! Oh my god. On the oh one hand... God. Like, next to something delightful and cute, like, oh, I only know the English title and it's so embarrassing, but Eerie Query? <laughs> Ghost, I think. Might Ghost? Have... Well, that was what they were gonna call it. I don't know what it was in Japanese, but... Which, she's right, a totally charming, adorable, very, like, like. well, there's some dubious consent, but it's, it's not But it's, it's like, dubious bad. consent making out. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's sort of, yeah, it's charming. It's charming, and it's like a... It's super cute. An so, underground hotel is literally prisoner. Oh yeah, it's like eighteen don't, volumes. Don't of, guys, don't read that. Do like, not read do not ever hotel. read it. People will be like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest!" And I clicked on it and I was like, "I don't, I don't feel good. I don't like myself <laughs> as a person right now." They're like, they're like basically four incidents of non non consensual penetration per like frame. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't remember at which point this turned into television slash, but suffice to say that at some point I was watching TV and I was like, wait a minute, these guys are gay. <laughs> um, and I liked it. And I would say that is the no turning back zone. You That's know, fair. then I, it, it, like some beautifully Asperger's about your portrayal of that, like, <laughs> transition. Like, there's something, like, really beautiful about that. Well, at I don't that know, point encompassed all of my media, like, movies, television, comics, like, books. Uh, like, everything had basically been permeated by Yaoi and the gay, and I was just like, I love this, I love it so much, never telling my family, they will murder me. <laughs> they will make me, like, only read Charles Dickens for the next 18 years. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not gonna fuck you up. Uh, that is my childhood. Nice. We only I've read that, like, great British authors. <laughs> I'd say that, like, my move into this is, like, both more traditional and also, like, much more, well... I don't know if I want to use the word serendipitous because I feel like my life would have been better if I had never made these choices. <laughs> it's too late now. Disagree um, hard. But I actually started off in anime fandom at the very beginning. Like, <clears throat> after X-Files fandom, like, I failed out of fandom for, like, a year. And then the next time I was in fandom was because my same friend who actually got me into X-Files bought, like, a Ronda one half OAB. Oh, my God. Which, like, when you had to, like, order them special and the video was, like, $45 um, for, oh, like, yeah. one fucking video. Oh, early 90s. I'm so glad. Yeah, like, so, I'm so glad the world has changed for the better in that respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but, like, me and Stephanie like, sit there in the den, like, late at night at 3 a.m. and, like, rewatch the Rumble and Happo maybe, like, over and over and over again. And I, like, at this point knew that, like, once I got through with the source material, there was, like, magic on the internet now. Like, I could just go on the internet and look for it. So, like, I actually read the Rumble and Half Project back when, like, it was impossible to get the manga here. So, like, I read most of the manga, like, online um, through scanlation. And... 
then I realized that there was like this whole magical world that were books, but with lots of pictures. And for like young me, <laughs> that was the closest to heaven that I had ever encountered. Um, and then, so like for ages, this was the extent of my interaction with anime and manga was like traditional manga, yeah. like Rama and Coke, which like I love to pieces um. still. And like tons of other like really sweet traditional like shoujo bullshit that's just like not good. For a while, I was really into Fushijiyuki, which like no one should be really into Fushijiyuki oh, no, no, for like no. so many no, reasons. I, I have to oh I have to argue that I think Fushijiyuki is amazing for teenage girls. But I was because thinking... you probably think Tamahome is like dreamy, which is like okay a terrible conversation. Can I no just interject you guys? <laughs> I was the only girl in my, like, large circle of friends who was like, I don't like that show. That show is shit. And <gasps> every one of my friends was like, it is the greatest show on the oh, face of the planet. And oh I was like, no. I'll be over here watching Sailor Moon. Oh, but you like Sailor Moon? I was basically Yugi. like, really? yeah. I remember eating you I thought Fushiyugi annoyed the shit out of me. I was like, why isn't she mastering her own destiny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good choices. Oh, Just yeah. because you're like girl in history doesn't mean you have to be a dumb girl in history. Anyways, so oh, that yeah. shit like started irritating me real young. <laughs> but so like I at this point I was still like watching really normal like anime manga. Like didn't understand that there was like a seedy underbelly at all, right? Until one of my friends in high school at this point was like, oh, I didn't know you were into like anime or manga. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I am. Like. I love Ronald One Half, and I love Nazan and Koku, and I love all this other shit. And she was like, hey, do you want to borrow an OAV? And I was like, sure, I love OAV. She's like, I just bought it. It's amazing. And I was like, okay, what is it? She's like, well, it's called Fake. (laughs) And it's about cops in New York. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. No context was given to me. Like, she told me shit about what this was about, right? So she brings me the DVD, and, um... Uh, my friend Dale was giving me a ride home. <laughs> and so he gets to my house and he was like, so what are you doing this afternoon? Because poor Dale apparently had a crush on me that everyone in my high school knew about other than me. Um, he was like, so what are you doing this afternoon after I let you out of my car and I look at you longingly while you walk down your driveway? And I was like, well, Angel lent me this, uh, this DVD. So I'm going to watch this DVD. It's called Fake. It's about New York City cops. Do you want to, like, watch it with me? <laughs> and he was like, yes. Yes, I want to watch this DVD with you. Those be getting one of the most exquisitely uncomfortable slash funny <laughs> retrospect hours of, like, of my entire life. Like, this whole thing started out sort of dubious. Because it doesn't, like, if you don't know the premise of fake, mm. it's not ex- aggressively gay oh, until yeah, about yeah. 10 minutes into the OAB. <laughs> like, at the beginning, it's just, like, crime. Yeah, and then yeah. New York roll. And then gay. <laughs> we were like committed in like 15 minutes into this when like the partners, instead of looking at ladies, started like hitting aggressively on each other. And I was like, interesting. And like Dale was like curling up further and further away from like the television on the couch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that whatever feelings he ever had for me like died. <laughs> that was the in end. my living room as a result of fake. You're but, like, like intrigued my- and he's terrified. <laughs> Exactly. He was like, oh, God, what is this? And I was like, oh, God, what is this? What's happening? Gives me all these special feelings. Like that time I accidentally read that story where Skinner and Mulder did it instead of Mulder and Scully. (laughs) I watched that DVD like three times. Uh, Dale quit like halfway through the first episode. He was like, I've got to go do stuff, which is not this. He's a winner. Um, and then I brought it back to Angel, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I want more of it. 
I want more of it bad. First one's so free, baby. my dealer. Yeah. The first hit is always, always free. And oftentimes unsolicited. No, so, so beautiful. I can't believe she, like, actually incepted me. Like, now that I look back on the like, she actual facts incepted me. New York I can't City believe she didn't like tell me what I was about to watch. Wow. Oh my god, can I say, so my mom, knowing that I liked anime, used to just, like, buy me some anime that she would find for, like, Christmas, but she didn't read the labels on or anything. She was like, yeah, that's totally anime. I'm gonna, like, put it in a shopping cart and put it under the tree. And, uh, one year she got me this DVD, and I was like, cool, I don't know, it's about, like, magic and demons or something. Mom leaves the house. Oh my god. I put it in with two of my friends, and it was literally, like, two hours of demon orgy. Like total NC seventeen demon was this orgy. A LA girl? No, it's a different one. Was this one. the Urosutsu long Japanese word? I have no idea. Were there tentacles or was it just Oh my demon? god, so many tentacles. <laughs> was was it actually like hentai? Like like hardcore? Like full on hentai that for some reason they were selling at square one in Mississauga. Like Nice. That's really terrible. Okay, so my friends and I are sitting there and I'm like I think I think we have to turn this off. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. I mean, like, turn it off, and I put it in the case. And they were like, are you going to tell your mom? And it was like, oh, hells no. <laughs> I'm just going to put this on my shelf and never look at it again. Do you still have it? No, it's gone. It was VHS. VHS. I think I actually sold it to the BMV. Nice. That's now you're inflicting it on someone else. Don't you realize how this cycle perpetuates? You're making everything worse for everyone. And I feel like, like hentai. It's like the re- good job, MK. <laughs> yeah. You had the best reaction to hentai ever, which is you saw it, it's done, put it away, never speak of it again, <laughs> set it on fire, spare others. <laughs> I think after that, I had the I had the Ranma OAV box set, and I was like, let's just watch these instead. <laughs> Cleanse the soul. <laughs> I'm just going to watch Ranma, like, have adventures. You and I both share, like, some magic torturing our friends by accident business. Yeah. <laughs> anime. It's beautiful. Poor Dale. All right, Leanne. Uh, in comparison, my story is really boring. As I, <laughs> I mentioned earlier... Um, my decision to get into smut and then subse- smut and then subsequently boys love was very calculated. Um, I was I was part of the Sailor Moon generation. We were sort of in middle Hells school. Yes. Oh yeah, it's it's a very a very definitive generation of otaku, like the people into anime and manga that were in middle school when Sailor Moon came out. Mm-hmm. So pretty early on it was clear to me that some of this stuff was, like, adult. So I self-censored and was like, I'm not going to read things or watch things that are not for my age group because I'm personally very conservative. I'm a practicing Muslim, and I was like, okay, I'm not 18, therefore these are not for me. So once I got to, you know, so and I was very happy with what I had. I liked a lot of the kids' stuff. I like really squishy, platonic, you know, feeling sort of stuff. And even, like, the like the grand, adorable romances, like Escaflone and that sort of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, the pure stuff. I was very, very happy. And then when I was 20, I bought a magazine. You, like, unlocked the porn box? Well, sort of. I mean, I was already 20, so I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll read more things than I used to read. And I got a magazine. Um, it's called Shoujo Comic, actually. Yeah, the nickname Shoukami. Now, Shoujo Comics, again, means comics for girls in general, but it's also the name of a rather big magazine for sort of older teenage girls in Japan. And... It was really smutty. Like, like, and I bought this, you know, Fushigi ran in this magazine. When I was like, what the fuck is happening? I think I found a new genre. (laughs) 
Like, is this a thing? And then, so I actually, so this was when I was like, it was like my 20th birthday when I bought this. And I was like, okay. Happy I think birthday. I'm, happy birthday. I think I'm ready. This is interesting to me on many, like, psychological levels, etc. So I got into shoujo smut first, which is shoujo. It's not porn, but it's like erotica. It's usually aimed, unfortunately, at sort of teenage girls in Japan, although it really should be older. The characters are all, it's all heterosexual. Characters are all in, in high school. There's really, really disturbing undercurrents of abuse and rape and that sort of thing. Okay, so I'm going to go off on a little rant here because it's an appropriate time okay. and subject at the point of this uh, at the point of this podcast that if you are considering reading anime or manga and you are at your local bookstore or comic book shop and you come across one that's like really brightly colored and seems to be directed at teenage girls or like young women in general, but it's called Hot Gimmick. Don't fucking read it. Like, that's not a comic that should exist in America either. Yes. Like, Hot Gimmick is another one that I actually own four volumes of it. Like, when it first came out, like, I bought the first volume and I liked it. I read the second volume and I liked it. And then I bought the third one and I was like, okay, something is going on here that I don't really enjoy anymore. <laughs> but, like, I was hoping that it was going to be, like, a passing thing. And that, like, the dubious consent would stop being so, like, dubiously consensual. And then it just, I bought the volume four, and I was like, oh, no, this is just getting worse and worse and explore mm. the depths of my loathing for this subject matter. It's another one that, like, you shouldn't read it. Like, this mm. is not the way people should treat each other. Like, yeah. this is terrible. It should not be marketed at women who are trying to, like, define their relationships mm -hmm. with opposite or same gender. Like, no, yeah, don't. Yeah. Just don't read with it. Don't read Hot Gimmick yes. inclusion. Well, hot, hot Gimmick was actually... so. Uh, Many years ago, I think it was like 2006, 2007, we, we ran this, a, fr a couple friends of mine, we ran a blog where we did, you know, uh, reviews of manga and anime called Sleep is for the Week. And um, we, we did, we felt very, so around this time when I was getting into shoujo smut, and Hot Gimmick was an overlap. It's not technically a shoujo smut based on yeah, sort of the smut, magazine. Yeah. yeah, it's not that graphic. But it fell in at the same time with Hayao Aiden and Sensual Phrase was actually not a terrible example of shoujo smut. I mean, it was definitely kind of he was way too aggressive and she was a high school girl, but at the same time, you know, it was a rock star and she loved him. And at the end they're happy and you know, they kind of work through their shit. Um, but we wrote an article called, um, she was asking for it. And it was about this genre of shoujo, uh, like shoujo. We actually called it dangerous shoujo with like scare quotes. Um, this kind of shoujo smut and things that were spiritually shoujo smut, even if they weren't, um, graphic and hot gimmick was the main example we used that were this this genre of in Japan that should not be exported. It is teaching girls rape fantasies about their like basically it's about girls in high school getting like like assaulted and or raped by their high school male counterparts and liking it. And how there's a thousand reasons why this should not exist, but especially not over here where cuz like in when you have shoujo in Japan a lot of their me their comics media is kind of split down the middle. You have stuff for boys, stuff for girls. They have tons of media in the female gaze. So this was one sub-genre offshoot of it. And like any giant genre, you're going to get the, the seedy underbelly sort of thing. But it was especially not appropriate for our Western audience right. where kids aren't... This isn't a slow... Because you can see these kind of trends in manga... And this was sort of an exaggeration of it, but we didn't have the spectrum over here. If you bring this yeah. over, you're going to fuck shit up hard. Like, this is not the right. kind of book that... There's only, that... like, one shelf. At this point, when Hot Gimmick was coming out, I remember mm -hmm. really vividly, there was, like, only one shelf in Borders dedicated to manga. Yes. And the reason that I saw it was because, like, I went to Borders every week and checked the manga shelf, and it was new. Yeah. So, like, 
if you were a 13 year old girl and you were really into manga mm-hmm. you were gonna run into fucking hot gimmick oh yeah and like i would if i'd seen like a kid if i see a kid like at the bookstore right now like if i went to forbidden planet and i saw a 12 year old girl holding that book i would like rip it out of her hand oh yeah and like like can i go talk to your mom like yeah, not in a yeah. creepy way i just want to protect you from yourself you oh know? yeah yeah like you shouldn't read this exactly and and particularly when when girl like teenage girls like who already have really fucked up self-esteem because of you know, everything really. Um, and where it's basically exaggerating sort of this horrible patriarchal system and this, uh, equating ma- uh, aggressive behavior with masculinity and hotness and sort of thing. And hot gimmick was because it wasn't even dirty enough to get sealed. This, that's why this was so awful a comic because then younger kids would read it because they were like, well, it's like 13 plus 15 plus whatever. So he wrote this article about it and ended up polarizing a lot of people. Cause there were a lot of like, like, um, women and, well, women and men, but we had a lot of female, uh, critics who were talking about it. They're like, this is fifties mentality that you think little girls are going to pick up these comics and start hating themselves and blah, blah. And then we had other people. And this is actually how I ended up getting closer to Chris Butcher at the Beguiling who were like, he was like, yeah, I think you have a point and I'm not a teenage girl, but I know the teenage girls that come in here and I know what you're saying. And we're not saying that teenage girls can't read something and not, you know, like obviously teenage girls, I want to give them credit, you know, like I read, you know, people read fucked up stuff in their teenagers and they're totally fine. But there are also plenty of teenage kids who already have problems in their life that are making them not think, you know, they're going through a difficult period and this kind of stuff just reinforces the worst way they could possibly think about themselves. So it's not in the sense that I thought a perfectly well-adjusted teenage girl is going to read Hot Gimmick and then be like, I want boys to hit me because he did hit her in that we need to establish. wasn't just sexual coercion. This was like to the point where there was a, a... in one of the later volumes, he smacks her with his backpack or whatever, and her brother is in the car. And he gets out, he's like, what the fuck did you just do to her? This is her main love interest, who, like, smacks her around kind of thing. When they were kids, he pushed her down the stairs. You know, like, like, and I'm gonna spoil the hell out of Hot Gimmick, because we're already establishing people shouldn't read it. In the last... Don't read it. Okay, yeah. In the last volume, it has the line, and I quote, maybe if we get married, he'll start being nice to me. And they get engaged. It, like... There were people, and a lot of these critics who were against us, we wrote this article being like, yeah, you're not giving teenagers credit, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They didn't realize this was how it was going to end. Where at this point, I had read enough of this genre, I'm like, this, he's not going to get better. I know yeah. you think maybe this is a cautionary tale, but no. And a lot of them ended up going back and not, you know, like taking, saying, I recommended Hot Gimmick, I take that back. This is absolutely not for children, blah, 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 now that we've read the end. But anyway, well, so... Problem. I think that part of the reason people were like giving it the, the same reason I own four volumes of it versus like mm-hmm. owning one that I wanted to burn. Yeah, later, yeah, right. Yeah. Is because like you go. Uh, I mean, I went into this with a purely Western mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Like universally in North America and Western Europe, like women really enjoy trying to fix assholes. Like it's the same <laughs> reason that like I dated the people that I've dated in my past, and the way, reason I'm attracted to the people that I'm attracted to right now mm-hmm. is because they're sort of fucked up. And, like, I have this, like, weird, like, chemical imbalance in my brain that says, like, if he loves me, somehow my vagina is going to, like, fix all of this business for him. He's going to turn into, like, a gray person. And, like, the same reason, like, I went into Hot Gimmick and I was like, oh, this guy's a douche and uh, semi-abusive tendencies. But I bet you, I bet you that love is going to, like, turn him from an asshole into a good guy. And weirdly, that is you know, to bring it back to the point, like, obviously that didn't happen in Hot Gimmick. Weirdly, that's usually what happens in Yaoi. Like, you have big, giant asshole Seme, who is, like, super cruel at the beginning, but then, like, love completely tames him, Mm -hmm. and he turns into, like, a soft, fluffy bunny, 
with this one person at least. Yeah. Unless, of course, you threaten his love, in which case he's going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> so when we, it was very polarizing, but at that point we had a forum up, and we had a shoujo magic. Again, these scan leaders who did a lot of shoujo smut, and it was kind of, they were the ones they who They did hot gimmick, right? Uh, I don't know if they did hot gimmick back in the day, but they did other Miki Aihara stuff, the, the mangaka who did that. They, if somebody basically dropped in being like, hey, people are talking about the shoujo that we translate, and they're saying this shit should not be for teenage girls. Or at the very least, I mean, our point really was that this stuff in the wrong hands is horribly dangerous. Give with caution. Yeah. Maybe not for young people, or at least give it to the right kind of young people that you think can handle it, blah, blah, blah. And people came on the forum, and most of the people from Shoujo Magic agreed <coughs> with us. They're like, oh yeah, shit is fucked up. We enjoy it, but we understand shit is fucked up. And then people were coming on and being like, you know, I was raped when I was a teenager and reading these helped me deal with my rape, just, like, just talking about rape and self-esteem. So, like, it was really, again, this whole, like, female readership, female gaze talking about the different ways that people interpret media. So it's not black and white. Yaoi is not just good for this reason or whatever. I think particularly when you talk about female audience who, at least in the West, has, like, never been catered to almost at all. Yeah. Like, once you start getting these things, like, in Japan, they recognize that there are different women who have different desires and will interpret things differently. And when you got kind of these deep geeks, these manga geeks going into it, people were receiving this very differently. And there were a lot of girls that were like, yeah, it's fucked up, and I was raped, and that was very difficult. I read this and it helped me deal with it. Not because this was a good representation of a relationship kind of thing. Oh, this was how I got into, yeah, oh my god, off topic. So, <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I experienced Shoujo Smut, and then when I was in, like, a couple of years later, I sort of, after I ran, ran out of Shoujo Smut that I was reading and I moved into Jose, which is for adult comics, uh, adult women, then I moved into Yaoi and Boys Love was my last genre within female gaze that I wanted to try. It wasn't really my thing. I was more interested in reading about women, but after reading the crushing sexism in Shoujo and Jose, and then again, as we had discussed earlier, that you know, Boys Love is largely using men as a cipher for women to work out all sorts of issues about sex without having to relate too close to home. And again, you can talk, like, if Hot Gimmick was about two boys, it would have still been morally reprehensible, but at the same time, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought little girls are going to pick it up and be like, maybe that guy who kind of sexually, like, harasses me in school just really, really likes me. Like, because you're adding this extra element of fantasy, this extra step away from the audienceship, makes it a little bit less, less likely to directly influence terrible behaviors. So, uh, not just... <laughs> have to admit you're right like I, w- I was just doing a thought experiment like if hot gimmick if the girl mm-hmm. was a boy in hot mm-hmm. gimmick like i would probably have kept reading that series like mm-hmm. the reason that it turned me off so hard was i was like what the fuck is going on like yeah. this entire story is setting you up to be constantly victimized yeah but if it was like a boy my brain would have slotted into like bl setting which is like oh well yeah and 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 that's, and that's partially because boys love is an established genre with its own crazy ass tropes but also because, like, men and women, because of how unbalanced our society is, how we live in a patriarchy, it, sort of thing, when you switch men and women, it's never, it, there's a false equivalency. When you switch a man and woman, the situation is not the same. When you have a woman who is living in a society that is telling her, like, it's bad to like sex, it's bad to want sex, it's bad to have sex, but boys always want sex, boys want sex, you know, whatever. And then you have this story about a boy who wants sex and the girl's like, okay, I'll just give it to him versus when you put a boy in that situation and he doesn't have all those things automatically telling him to submit and how you will always be sort of, there will always be this glass ceiling. This is a, a, you know, he's not being told this is a careful balance between how you, how you are treated in the bedroom versus how you are treated in society. You don't have that baggage there and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more of a story out of context where people can explore power 
in a different way. They can explore sex in a different way. They can explore anger, which I think, again, I think a lot of anger fuels certain uh, genres and then boys love. Um, you just kind of, you have, it has to be more fantastical, sort of. It can't be so close to home that you see this happening around you and you're watching this encourage it. It has to be something where it's like, you're not even thinking about that girl who sits next to you in class whose boyfriend is a total dick to her, but she won't leave him because she thinks no one else will love her. So anyway, so when I went into Boys Love, it was a very calculated decision. The first ones I read were the mainstream, which was Gravitation. And I yeah. was like, I'm ready now. This is what I, I want. I want us to be able to talk on a metaphorical level about these sexual and politics and power issues that shoujo writes hot gimmick about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I need to go into a different area. So... The way you talk about Yaoi, when you say that, like, I mean, the uke, the bottom, is, like, always the lady, basically. They have self-looping asses. It's just, it's how that shit rolls. <laughs> I feel like, okay, so I read a lot of Yaoi, and then I read a lot of Slash. And there was a point when I was reading Slash when I got really into, um, gender AUs, where they would, like, you know, all of a sudden, like John swap? Watson is a girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he's always been a girl. Oh, okay. Um, like, that That's kind of thing? That's the way to do, like... A gender fuck AU, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. It should just... They were always a girl. And I couldn't figure out for a really long time why I liked it so much. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is like Yaoi. This is like... It doesn't matter yeah. what the actual gender of that person is. Mm -hmm. uh, it just works really well either as a man or as a woman. And I find, like, for some TV shows and things, for me, I want the writing to stay exactly the same. Because American writers, for television at least, like, cannot write women for the life of them. Oh, good lord, no. <laughs> They're garbage at it, right? Oh, but they yeah. write men really well. And if you just gave that woman breasts, or that man, man breasts, breasts, and, like, a vagina, that would be amazing. everything else pretty yeah. much the same. Yep. An amazing female character. Yep. Which is part of the reason why I really enjoyed... What is that Angelina Jolie movie where she's like a... Salt? Salt, right. So when you watch Salt, you're like, this movie is so good and it's about a lady. Written about oh, a man. man. And she was like, I want that role. Yep. I want to yeah, be... Yeah, just like... Perfect. Yeah. I love Angelina. Yeah, she, she gets shit done. She totally gets shit done. Yeah. Anyway, so we should probably talk about what genre... Yaoi is a genre, maybe? Like, I don't know. Where do we even I mean, want to go with what, this? what to even explore? I think that yeah. we've, like, hit every dark, terrible corner. Of just of the But we haven't even talked about, like, individual... We haven't talked about much about individual titles or, like, again, the multimedia, like, the drama CD and the games and the... Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah that's true. Um, so... I would... Okay. Would you say that the drama CDs are more on the romance side and the games are more on the rape side? Um, uh, oof. That's, that's my good, that's a good question. Um, well, no, this is this thing. Drama CDs are based very directly off manga, like ninety and novels too. Off right. Time. So when you have yaoi, and again, it's it's still a subgenre in Japan. It's popular, but whatever. They don't get animated very frequently. There's you know a handful. I mean, recently, the last couple of years, you've seen there's this company called Primetime that only does boys love OVAs, and they're actually quite good. And they've mm. done the big titles: Tyrant Falls in Love, Maiden Rose. Again, Maiden Rose. I have to talk about that separately. Don't just read Maiden Rose. Anyway, um, so, in, but until recently, there was very little animated. So as a growing genre, they found that it, it lent itself very well to drama CDs because Yaoi is generally only one to two volumes long. It's got a beginning, middle, and ending. They're going to get it on in the end, which is what everybody's in there for. And, like, so it would be easy to do in one CD sort of thing. And... Uh, and also novels. So the novels are, again, yaoi, but, like, in novel form. They're, they're, they call them light novels in Japan. They're basically just pulpy, like, you know, yeah. novels. And that would be maybe two two discs. Like, again, just a drama CD, but two discs is a little bit more because it's a novel, whatever. And there's, like, these 20 guys in Japan, these voice actors, 
who do them all. And these men, okay, so you were talking about Fushigi Yugi earlier, okay? I'm going to tell you about, I had a much more interesting story about getting into drama CDs. So I liked, you know, Boys Love Well Enough, and I was like, cool, you know? And somebody had mentioned they were drama CDs for it, and I'd heard drama CDs before for shoujo, but they were never that great, because shoujo would be like a, like a one-shot story off of Hanakini or something, and it's yeah. some original story. But Boys Love was basically made to be short stories, you know? Short, or very short series. And um, somebody <laughs> so... The voice actor of Tamahome from Fushigi Yugi, who I always kind of had the hots for. He's got that great music. Wait, wait, let me ask you a question. Is the guy who does the voice acting for Tamahome also the one who does the voice acting for Tezuka from Prince of Tennis? Uh, I don't, I actually didn't There's watch. There's the that you and I got into drama CDs Uh-oh. for the same reason. <laughs> okay, maybe. So, like, so there was one day Where's where somebody had mentioned this. Like, like they, they were like... He does boys loves. I don't know. Some, I found out through some form that he did boys love CDs, and I was like, you know, I'm I'm curious, really. Like, like is it is it sexy or whatever? And I downloaded this CD called Recipe by Yuki Shimizu, who's famous for a series called Love Mode and Ze Z E. Her stuff is not tame, and Recipe is a short story collection about this like cafe or I don't know whatever. And the two tracks in the middle were Midori Kawahikaru, who's this voice actor, screaming his head off in the bedroom. And, like, the first time, I had, like, my headphones in in front of my, and, like, and I, like, I was just sitting there, like, what? Why didn't I discover this sooner? I'm <laughs> so like, happy. Like regular screaming, guys. Like, no, no, this was. Screaming in drama CDs is, like. Oh, no, no. Can't tell this is, like, the best sex of your life? Or, like, something <laughs> is seriously wrong. Well, in this, in this particular series, he was what they call, like, the Ice Queen Uke, who okay. are the guys who are taking it, but they're sort of haughty. And they freaking love cock or whatever. And he was just like, oh my god. And I was like, like all of my teenage years <laughs> came crashing into me and formed into like sort of my adult libido was like nostalgic for, you know, Fushigi back in the day. And I was like, wow. And like the next day I had downloaded almost his entire backlist, which by the way is like 30 fucking gigs of like audio pornography <laughs> that this man has done over the years. By the way, he's still very active. If anybody's familiar with The Tyrant Falls in Love, which is oh one of God. the big Yaoi titles, he is the tyrant in that. Of course so he is. So he's still, and he, he's not a young guy. He's like 42 or something now, and he still does it. And like, so these guys, so some of them were, and he was, you know, he was Hiro Yui in Gundam no, Wing. Oh know. yes, he was the lead in Gundam Wing. He was the go-to be shown in lead in the 90s. And now you can download his girl porn, where it's just like, him and these other guys. So they have, like, this group of guys, and he's one of about 20. And they do them all. Wait, does he always play or does he always play with the He plays whatever you want him to be, baby. He does everything. And he is so versatile. To the point where it's like, like, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, I need, I need more. I want him to be, like, he's a psychologist into BDSM into this one. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna listen to this one. So, but my point being, he's done everything. And they have these 20 guys who will do anything. And I've heard tons of free talks and interviews with them, and they've got such a great attitude about it. They're like, you know, some mangaka worked really hard on this, and I want to work really hard and do this to all of my fans, do this for all of my fans, whatever. And then they interview the mangaka, and they're like, I am so fucking embarrassed that this is acted out. I'm sorry, these are real men. I didn't mean to do this. It wasn't meant to be this way. <laughs> to the point where there's a great little series called Hey Class President, which is, I like to call Hey Grope President, because that's all that it's about, really, about groping the class, school cast president. <laughs> it is, however, very consensual, and like it's like a great little smutty romp. Anyway, that one was written by a woman, and her, t- her assistant on it was her little little brother who did her tones no. oh yes her little brother they were a team 
And this is a really, I mean, it's not like a rapey series at all. It's actually, again, very consensual, but it's super gropy and it's just fingers and mouths and, you know, it's just, it's great sensual, you know, boy porn. And then they, they were like, you're going to be, they're going to put it into, they actually have animated this now because it was so popular, but they also had some drama CDs and they sent her like a CD. They're like, these are the big voice actors or whatever that you can choose from. Why don't you cast your own CD? And she and her brother were listening to it, and all he could say was like, we can't do this. This isn't right. I'm so embarrassed. We're going to make them make, you know what they're going to have to do. We know what they're going to have to do. This isn't okay. And then, like, they were like, okay, you know, they, they um, cast it. And interestingly, the lead in that is a guy who doesn't do that much porn. It was the lead in Gintama. Ended up being the semi in this. Oh, yeah, it's, it is great. It is so great. Anyway. So then they were like, would you like to come see the recording? And they're like, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> and she drew a comic about this, about them, like, being there, watching them record this and, like, pushing themselves against the glass and being like, we are so sorry. <laughs> Can I, this is, like, a great moment for me to tell two stories about this. All right. Um, so my entree into the boy porn uh, dramas, radio dramas, was because I went through, like, a brief period of my life where I was, like, really into Prince of Tennis. Um, <laughs> I'm really ashamed of that. No, you no, guys should be it's, ashamed it's, on no, my a lot of people, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, Don't it's not okay. <laughs> That's like saying I used to have a Coke habit. It's not okay. Like, it's something that I'm working on and um. that I'm still reflecting on, you know, to learn from in the future. But the point is that one of the voice actors that they chose for this series is, like, this incredibly deep-voiced guy who does Tessica, Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget his, I forget his name, but he's like a super, super famous, um, voice actor, uh, which is hilarious because he sounds like James Brown and, um, Tesco's supposed to be 12. So, <laughs> well, that series that has such issues about young boys. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not apply logic to this situation. He, he can sound like he's 45. That's fine. It's okay. He's just the, pre- he's like the captain of the tennis team. Obviously he's juiced to capacity. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so like I super, super loved his voice and someone was like, oh, you know, he does other stuff. And I was like, oh, what does he do? And they were like, well, there's this. And I was like, is that yaoi? Is that like a yaoi audio drama? And they were like, hells yes. And I was like, BRB, downloading that right fucking now. (laughs) And like, for most of this, like, because I don't actually speak Japanese well enough that I understood most of the drama. So I was like essentially just listening to it to be like, is that Tezuka? I can't really, I don't know what's going on. Um, so like, blah, blah. Since like, I don't know what they're saying. I had no prep for like when the sexy time started other than some like sparkly music. So like basically conversation, conversation, quiet, sparkly music. I was like, Ooh, a scene change. And then the next is like porn music going in the background. And then it was like, Tezuka being like incredibly sexually demanding and you could just tell from the tone and the one phrase that I rec- the one phrase that I actually recognized in this entire fucking oh drama right oh, no. this is just, like so much worse than I remember Japanese for geeks what's the what's- line <laughs> all, he- all he said is like totally like oh my god like completely working for me um essentially I think the whole line is just Nonde, like just drink it. <laughs> like, low and deep and like satisfied. And I was like, you know what? That was worth it. Like, I just listened to an hour of gibberish that I didn't understand. But that one line. Wow. The story associated with this is a very, very famous mangaka of Yaoi manga. 
and who is going to be the object of my recommendation, actually, at the end of this um, podcast, is Yoko Nita. Mm -hmm. And she actually did a a comic or uh, a manga about voice actors who also do boys love slash yaoi drama CDs. And how, like, they fall in love. It's so good for me. (laughs) That sounds adorable. Is is that a new series by Yoko Nita? No, it's actually fairly old. It's been around for a while. It's not Karo Daite Ta, is it? Embracing love. Okay, because I was like... That's close, but they're act, they're porn actors. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a completely different series. It's basically just um, it's like it's like the lives of voice actors, and like mm. they do animate, but they also do other projects. Among mm. them being Yaoi dramas, and mm. it's just it's ultra cute. It's like super super cute. There is, and I remember like, pardon. Uh, there is a series like that in English. Actually, it's called Shout Out Loud. It's the same premise. It's like a voice actor whose long lost illegitimate son comes for him, and he's like, "Oh." I need to start making more money. And his manager is like, well, there is an entire area you haven't gone into yet, and you've got this great kitty voice. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And they're like, you now are every uke on every CD ever for the rest, for the, until the end of time. Oh, I've like, nope, read that one, too. It's yeah, awesome. there you go. It is, it yeah. It, it's, really, it's actually really adorable. <laughs> and it's it really well done. Yes. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> I didn't realize you were into audio dramas. True. I, I'm so. I feel so connected to you now that this. Yeah, is but just... it's like a waste because I don't even know what they're saying. Like, <laughs> I, like this is like the ultimate distillation of like, just do it. I don't know what you're talking about. All I'm going to be able to identify is sex noises. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I, I actually I learned a fair amount of Japanese. Now I know all the parts of the body. I know like there, there are definitely certain verbs that you could use in polite conversation, like please <laughs> let me come to you. Please let me go. I'm going to enter the room now. Like, things yeah, that... here. I did really well that week on my Japanese verb recitation. <laughs> I definitely remember the verb for oh, to drink. To drink, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is of course, sort of... Sense, I had no idea. That's why I passed that quiz. <laughs> well, and I think that for people who don't know Japanese... Like, because my Japanese is, like, okay. It's gotten better because I've listened to so many CDs and, you know, Boys Love by its nature is generally just conversational stuff. So, again, even for, it's similar to porn here. You know, there are verbs that you use in porn that people use every day. So it's actually not a terrible teaching tool, which is the thinnest type of justification. Are we really advocate this? Are we I, really advocate? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not so much advocating it as I'm saying that was the reality that my Japanese improved when I listened to these nonstop every day instead of doing anything else. Or um, the founder of Rosetta Stone just, like, got heartburn and he yeah. doesn't know why. <laughs> He's oh. like, I feel like this incredible pain in my chest. I'm like, where is it coming from? Oh, yes. All right. I, we've talked about this for way too long. Yes. For, for so much longer than anyone should ever talk about this. We have to do recommendations. <laughs> and um, as our guest, Leanne, you get to go first. Um, well, when it comes to boys' love, generally I recommend by author and not by series because, most of the, again, it, most boys' love is like one volume, two volumes long, so like not a lot. So when you want to get into something, it's like you get into it for like the hour it takes to read it and that's sort of, or the hour it takes to listen to the CD and that's it. So I do tend to recommend the people who are consistently pretty good boys love mangaka and you can look up most of their backlist and there'll be a lot of hits. Um, For the beginner who doesn't want to deal with these questionable consent 
issues. Very, very fair. Like, want stuff that's nice and consensual. Nobody's going to do anything worse than steal a kiss. I'd recommend the mangaka Toko Kawai. She has a bunch... A lot of her backlist is actually in English. She has... Um, uh, uh, Love Holic was the first one that came out here, which is two volumes long. Um, she also did the most saccharine series, a, a rather book I've ever read, which is called Cafe Latte Rhapsody, which is, it's like pure squee. I can't describe it. I, it, it's, it's fucking, she only writes really sad stuff. So when she wrote something saccharine, it was like over the top and she had all these apologies in the back. She's like, I don't know how to write something nice. <laughs> so I just went over the top. But she did a great series called Cut, which which deals actually with non-consensual stuff a little bit, but in a very healthy way about a boy who's sort of a little bit of self-harming and is in a very abusive relationship with his stepfather, but then he meets this boy at school who was abused by his mother, and they kind of bond. And it has the line, anytime you want to feel like you cut, you're... He moves away, and he's like, anytime you want to cut yourself, I want you to call me and we'll have phone sex instead. Like, it's oh. really a beautiful series. It's just one book called Cut. Um, she actually did a very compelling and sympathetic teacher-student story, which I didn't think was was possible, called Just Around the Corner. And the, the student was, like, 17. It wasn't, like, a, you know, creepy. How would you, how do you spell her name? For the uh, Toko, so last name is Kawai, K-A-W-A-I. Her first name is Toko, T-O-K-O. Um, okay. And she just came out, it's an ongoing series, and it's called um, In the Walnut, which is a beautiful series that has almost nothing to do with boys' love except for the fact that the guy who runs this gallery is gay and has a boyfriend. But it's about how modern art changes people, and it's this it's such a great little series that ran in a, in a Yaoi magazine. And she's like, I don't know why they let me do this. I'm so happy, though. I wanted to write about this. And um, they let me do it in a porn magazine. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, so I recommend Toko Kawai. If, you're, if, you can, if you don't mind dealing with some sort of dubious consent um, and you kind of find sadomasochistic tomfoolery amusing, I'd recommend The Tyrant Falls in Love. Which, again, if you watch the anime or listen to the CDs, is Midori Kawahikaru is the, the tyrant. Um, it's about two boys. Well, see, I, I'm a, I went to school for chemistry and I work in a biochemical lab. And when I was a grad student, I read the Tyrant Falls in Love and they are agricultural biology students who are in lab coats and then start tearing through each other's lab coats. And I'm like, not in the lab, dude, not in the lab. And it's, oh, it's so great. As a scientist, it is, it is great. But that, that is definitely kind of a sadomasochistic story. And then if you are of the, of within the 10% of the population, I would recommend Raid Maiden Rose. It is an alternative history taking place in like 1920s about basically World War II, about a Japanese guy and a German guy essentially, even though it's not really those countries. And like they fall in love in peacetime, and then at one point Germany and Japan are kind of at war, and the German guy gives up his citizenship and enters Japan to be with this guy, giving up. He has no citizenship rights, he has no property rights, he's basically like kind of the slave of this Japanese guy. Um, because he loves him so much, and then they enter war, and, and like, the Japanese guy, who is clearly, very clearly the uke, and is half his size, who's, like, ordering around this big guy, he has this weird cultural purity thing where he's not allowed to have sex, but he's called the Maiden Rose, and they have sex pretty early on, and then as soon as they enter Japan, he's like, I can't really sleep with you anymore, but I don't want to tell you no because you gave up everything to be with me, and then it just turns into the German guy raping him constantly. And both of them hating themselves. Well, this is the thing. Because it is a... Like, the first volume is terrifying. It's just this giant German guy, like, taking his captain behind closed doors and, like, ravishing him. And there's, like... You know, it's, like... It's violent. It's very violent. But volume two 
has not a single sex scene in it. It's all espionage, political infighting, and sort of like, I think they, that he manages to, like at one point he takes all his clothes off and like kisses him gently on the thigh and says, I'm sorry, I'll never touch you again. Like this is, and it's, it's a very complicated story. It works on three separate timelines about how, oh yeah. I think you've already lost them. I've, I've lost them. Anyway, I think it's a masterful work of boys' love, but it is so fucked up and weird and told in a very bizarre method. But if anybody reads it and they get through volume one, if you manage to get through volume one, try volume two because, oh my goodness. I wish I could let you guys know the expression I was making. <laughs> It's a bad expression. It was, yeah, it was, I know. Fully covers my range of feelings about that last recommendation. <laughs> all right, okay. Not for Me? Let's, let's try to cleanse our palates a little bit. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're looking for stuff that's in English and will be available in a bookstore or a comic book store near you, definitely check out Fake. It is about cops in New York, and they're also gay and mm. delightful. Mm. And there's, like, some kid fic elements to it sometimes. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you'll probably like it's that. It's dupe Connie, though. It is a little bit dupe Connie, but, like... Oh, yeah. So is Slash fanfiction a lot of the time. So you'll probably like it. It's more dupe Connie than Slash fanfiction is. Yeah. Um, Eerie Query. Also kind of dupe Connie, but not NC-17. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got ghosts and, like, paranormal investigation type stuff in it in, like, a super cute way. Keep in mind, those are both really out of print, unfortunately. Are they? Yeah. You can find them at a used bookstore, probably. Yeah, yeah. They're both Tokyo Pop books. Ah, uh, Tokyo Pop. <laughs> Delightful. And my favorite yaoi mangaka is Naonobora. No, sorry. N-A-O-N-O. And then the last name spelling, well, the other name spelling changes sometimes, but let's just say B-O-H-R-A. I'll give you guys a link. Mm. Um, And she does a lot of, like, either fantasy or non-fantasy, like, contemporary stories. Some of it is Dube Connie. Um, A lot of it is not. A lot of it is just, like, really cute romances between people who are, like, pining and oblivious, and sometimes there's, like, fantasy elements, like someone has lightning trapped in his body, and when he likes someone a lot, they get big static shocks from him, but it's super cute. It's surprisingly adorable. It's, like, super cute. You'll like it. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) All right, Prue. All right, I've got three. Um, My one problem is I'm going to give you guys titles. Um, I'll try to find where you can get these, either in a store or online, but there, this is the one issue with, like, manga, there's always, like, an accessibility issue where, I mean, some of the publishers that make these things just, like, vanish overnight, right? So, like, the fuck are you gonna do? Um, I've got three recommendations. The first one is The Sweetest, and the one I think that absolutely everyone should read. Um, it's called... Bukio na Silent, that's spelled mm. B-U-K-I-Y-O-U, uh, na is N-A, and then Silent is the English spelling of it. It is actually one of my favorite um, <laughs> any mangas of all time that I've read, but it's all, it's um, it's basically like a series of short stories, and it's about this boy who is incredibly, incredibly shy, like incredibly shy, and he has like one of those poker faces, like a constant poker face that reveals zero like has no expression whatsoever and everyone just like thinks he's dead inside or constantly bored but he is actually filled with feelings and has a horrible crush on this boy who is on the baseball team at his school and he's had this horrible crush for like three eons or whatever and like he constantly feels like he's giving himself away with like how many feelings he's having like no one can tell anything about him at all like total poker face I love that um, trope. But the, by the story way. takes a turn for the absolute adorable. 
when essentially baseball boy like comes up to him one day and is like, you know, I think that you're so expressive. Like I pay attention to you so much. And like everyone says that you don't make any expressions, but you do, you make all these expressions. Like they just don't know how to pay attention to you. And like, I could feel my internal organs like liquefying from love (laughs) as I was like reading this. I was like, Oh my God. It's like, it's like the happiest Ebola you could ever have. I was like so (laughs) joy. Um, there are like lots of little stories in there, but it's it's basically just like the cutest high school romance about like two boys who are like ludicrously in love and like they're sexy teenage fumblings. And like in one of the stories, like baseball kid like buys poker face boy like this little baseball charm or something, and it gets a lot like the kid loses it, and so he avoids his boyfriend for like a week trying to find this stupid charm. And, like, finally, he's just, like, sitting on a riverbank and, like, crying from ultimate frustration. And his boyfriend comes up and he's like, I really thought you didn't like me anymore. Is this the problem? I can buy you a new one. <laughs> and then they end up, like, acting it together. Oh, my God. It works for me so hard. Like, not a single bone in my body is actually that sweet. And, like, if anyone pulled that shit on me in reality, I would, like, be like, you're a pod person. Go away. But, like, for some reason, it worked for me so hard in this manga. So good. So good. Okay, that's the first recommendation. Uh, can I, sorry, can I add um, something to that? That is actually by the same mangaka as The Tyrant Falls in Love. Same lady wrote both of those. That's sort of her sweet side how, and her... How did oh, yeah. Tyrant Falls in Love, like, oh, yeah. so intensely for me. She's done some really cute... She also, if you, like... Sorry, she did something called Little Butterfly, which is actually available in English, which is very similar to Bokiano Silent. It is about high school boys, it is super consensual, it is super cute, and it is actually rather available. Like, it's relatively easy to find comparatively, and you can buy all three volumes on one big fat omnibus. But she's done some really cute stuff, and then she's done some really fucked up stuff. And Tyrant is definitely more on the fucked up end. Although not as fucked up as some stuff that's not translated. I will not go into it. Please continue. Yeah, good, good. Okay. (laughs) Um, anyways, you should definitely read the book, you know, silent because it's like so adorable. I'm like having a fever about it right now. (laughs) Second one I'm going to recommend is called wild rock, which is actually among, (laughs) yeah, I got a double thumbs up from (laughs) this week for that. It's actually one of like, first of all, it's visually stunning in terms like one of the benefits of yaoi and like BL that we haven't mentioned at all is that like it's visually stunning some of the art isn't great but generally speaking it's really beautiful because Mm -hmm. like the the characters will be drawn beautifully um the stories are really entertainingly illustrated but like wild rock genuinely stands out in the genre as being one of the most beautifully illustrated mangas out there um essentially it's about it's it's about like prehistoric man or whatever like caveman tribes and there's the there's like our Uke who is the prince of one tribe who like utterly fails in hunting like it's really not his strong suit and then there's this other guy who's like I don't know some sort of like tribal chief on like another team or whatever and they're all like it's essentially Romeo and Juliet cavemen uh who are beautifully illustrated (laughs) and And it has I would say one of the hottest sex scenes that I've ever seen in Yaoi it's not like Mm-hmm. It's not incredibly explicit, but it is so hot. Oh, yeah. It is like good wife sex scene, I would go so far as to say. <laughs> nice. It's like the one 
conventional angles and it chooses to like highlight some really fantastically touching little little touches that are just like oh my god they get me hot under the collar like it didn't hurt at all that like the top in this is like so beautiful i just like wanted to rip him out of the pages and keep him for myself (laughs) even though it would make him angry um it's beautifully illustrated it's it's just like a nice short novella um it's like true love. It's like how can you avoid like cavemen, Romeo, and Juliet with ultra hot sex? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Like everyone needs to get on that train. That that was uh, actually the the very first boys love CD I heard was that one. That's such a good CD to start with. I think it is. Such yeah, a, it's such a beautiful story. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and my last wreck, and this is the one. Oh God, guys, this is going to take some like dedication for you to plow through, but plow you shall. Um, they won't be the only ones plowing. All Sorry. the plow. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's not much plowing. Um, canonically appropriate in this case. Mm. It's by the mangaka that I mentioned earlier, Yoko Nita. It's called, I'm going to make Leanne say this because I tried earlier and it was like a fail. <laughs> Haru o Daiteita. We'll just link okay. to it. Yeah, we'll link to that shit. Though. We'll link it. It's, they're, they're, I'm not going to try to spell it. They called it Embracing Love in English when it was translated over here. Uh, is it still available? No, that that's so out of print. So out of print. And they never even got through the whole thing. Ugh. Of course they didn't, because it's long. Oh, yeah. It's All right, like guys. Here's the premise of this story. You're going to see instantly why I love it. <laughs> it's about porn stars who love. <laughs> Two straight porn stars who fall in love. And they fall in love because they're both there in an audition to uh, play porn stars who fall in love in a movie <laughs> by... By, like, a cross dress. I can't even, like, this mm. This sounds so terrible, actually, now that, I'm, now that I'm trying to describe it. It's about porn stars who fall in love, who fall in love while they're auditioning to play porn stars who fall in love. But that's only, like, the first volume. Mm. Um, and then <laughs> everyone gets weirdly invested in their relationship, so they have to pretend to be dating, even though one of them's heart is, like, a craggy rock, <laughs> like, refuses to give in. And for like several so volumes, so accurate. Like, yeah, this is you're doing a good yeah. job. Recommending. Like for several volumes, like the blonde guy keeps chipping away at his frozen <laughs> exterior. And then eventually, eventually they like get married in LA, <laughs> like my house. Like I'm not kidding. This actually happened. Oh yeah. And there's still stars who fall in love, and it's about their like film careers and like paparazzi. <laughs> it's like the most probably perfect manga I've ever read in my life. Oh, yeah. Like, when I just got thing, I was like, oh, my God, am I in heaven? Have I died? Like, it's <laughs> like the perfect combination of everything I want in a manga. Like, how did this happen? It's beautiful. It's also incredibly long. Yeah. Well, uh, and they bump in every fucking chapter. Can we every oh, yeah. fucking chapter. Every chapter they bump. And, you know, they animated that, too. There's a two-episode OVA for it. And then... Yes, and then they have a three-episode OVA that is one of the movies they acted in, in the series, (laughs) which is like a tragedy in the time of samurai, um, which is... Yeah, sadly not porn. It's it's sad, sad samurai. It is really sad. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people who... uh, It actually has paraplegic sex in it. There's like an airplane, like, I think I really freaked out the person sitting next to me. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna watch that particular Haruki like OAV. Don't watch it on a plane. Oh no no! Because oh. it was like watching gay samurai die and like leaking yeah. tears a lot. <laughs> I feel really bad for the guy who was sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> I would say okay. So there are two other things that I think we should mention. Okay. Uh, one is antique bakery, which oh, like God. 
if you are not sure that you want to go into this action, mm-hmm. Antique Bakery. Yeah. It's an adorable story about a bakery run entirely by men because, well, it's complicated, but it's a bakery. It's all dudes. They, like, hit on the customers. There's, like, a little bit of gay romance, but a lot of, like, interesting plot happening and just, like, genuinely lovable characters mm-hmm. um, who interact in fan- fantastic ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's uh, also a Korean movie based off oh, of Antique Bakery. Which is so good. So good. So good. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. But if you see anything Antique Bakery, just do it. Do it. Yeah, do yeah. it hard. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Don't watch the anime. <laughs> That's right. Repeat. Sorry. Do not watch the anime. <laughs> do not watch the anime, but anything else. And the live action Japanese show. Sorry. Do not watch. <laughs> Read the manga. Yes. Korean watch, movie. Watch the Korean movie. And if you see like cute doujinshi, they're probably great. Yeah, she wrote her own doujinshi. She wrote, like, oh, yeah. 12 or 13 of them after the end. She wrote 12 or 13 of them, including several to anger me. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. the pairing that I wanted to get together, she didn't, like, get together. And she wrote doujinshi about it purely to fuck with me, oh, I yes. feel. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I think we should talk about, because we have Leanne on the show, and it's fantastic, is Tokyo Demons. Oh, uh, which she's making her embarrassed face, but we're going to talk about it. And it's great. On the gay porn. <laughs> There's, no, there is a little bit of the gay in it. Yeah. Which is yeah. super, it's going to be super cute when it happens. Um, so the point is Tokyo Demons is like a fantasy, is it like a novel and audio drama, I guess? Yeah, it, it's a serial, it's a serialized prose that is based off of kind of the format of the light novel in Japan, so it's got one illustration per chapter in the kind of a manga anime style. Yeah. And it's very pulpy, and it's about supernatural sort of teenagers. And then we're doing a fully voiced audiobook version of it, where M. Klutz is the lead, the female lead. We have a female lead and a male lead, and we needed somebody who was sort of deadpan. (laughs) Like, I need... I need somebody who could sound like a high school girl who is emotionally traumatized because she can turn into bees and no one must ever know. And uh, that's me. Somehow that screams clutch to me as well. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. So I was like, oh, I don't think that I would be capable of being in this. And uh, my best friend, like the day that auditions were due, sent, like, texted or called me. And she was like, listen, I cannot do the lead in this. And they really need a lead. And I think that you should... Uh, no, she didn't even say it was the lead. She was like, hey, there's a character that they can't cast. And I thought this would be, like, a minor role. <laughs> and she's like, I think you should audition for it. Here's a link to the lines. Just, you know, record yourself in an MP3 and send it to them. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, what what do I have to lose? I'll just embarrass myself. But they're my friends and they'll be fine. And I sent it in and they were like, that's great. Do you have, like, three years to be the lead? And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> it's super fun. It's, like, really fun to record. Uh, the hilarious part about recording is that when I read my lines, I am alone in a room with Leanne and with our editor, and Leanne has to read everyone else's lines to, like, interact with me and puts on hilarious, like, dude voices, (laughs) which makes it really hard not to laugh. But, you know, I get to turn into bees. Yeah. And, uh, I think the chapter... I think the question is, Leanne, how graphic will the love scene be? Okay. Which is something... Sure, all of our listeners are anxious okay. to know. Key being me. Okay. Well, this this is the thing. Um, because of my background in audio dramas, CDs, and how much I love them, we had talked about this. We were like, you know, because Tokyo Demons is supposed to be sort of a sixteen plus. It's not. There's not like graphic sex in it or whatever. But there are some sort of like love scenes or making out scenes. And um, we were discussing like how comfortable would everyone be, sort of doing it. You know, acting these out. However. 
there is a way they do it in Japan, and I've studied this because of my interest in boys' love. How do they make those tremendously amazing sounds? And there are a number of tricks that they do. One of them being my favorite, the guy who had the fillet of flute, because it was the only thing they could get that made it sound convincingly that he was giving another man head, sort of thing. But the, the shortcut way is just you, you take your hand and you rub your face all over it and go like, sort of thing during makeout scenes. And like, if you do it right and earnestly enough, it is very compelling. It's like weirdly. Hey, you need to start practicing right now. <laughs> I hate you so much. No, the best is so, I guess, uh, will I have like romantic scenes with him? <laughs> Our friend, yes. Yeah. sounds so trepidatious about this. You're like, oh, God, is this happening? This guy was kind of my vet and sort of my friend. And, uh, yeah, he's a vet, yeah. He, he, like, literally took Sherlock's stitches out after her, like, no-baby surgery. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he works at my vet, or he used to work at my vet. Um, and I guess we have some romantic scenes, and he just finished recording a bunch of stuff that's, like, a little bit dude Connie. Not really romantic, no. but kind of romantic. A dupe Connie in an emotional sense. Right. It's kind of like invasively being like, you have to tell me what's wrong with you. Like, you need help. I know you're hiding some secret. P.S. The secret is she turns into bees. And <laughs> like, you know, we need we need to talk about this. And so he, he moved away. But we actually went and we picked him up. <laughs> a two-hour drive. We're like, it's time to record chapters three and four. Are you ready? And we needed a shortcut way to tell him the tone he should be taking with M. Klutz, which was... You're going to bring her into a padded room. You have to be like, everything's going to be fine. Get in the van. These people are going to help you. Because this is the emotional state that she's in. Because she's bees, right? So she has a reason to be insane. <laughs> she's bees. She's bees. She I can turn bees. into a swarm of bees. Um, so, and we were like, okay, so his name, is, his name is Dove. I think we can say yeah. his name. So his name is, so I'm like, okay, Dove, when you say these lines, I want you to pretend that you're holding ISA's hands and being like, everything will be fine. And it gets like... And he, he has no acting experience whatsoever. We cast him because when we started thinking about our friends being in the roles, we're like, he has the perfect voice for this. This is supposed to be like a very upbeat high school boy who's not annoying, but is really, really friendly, but not in like a, you know, creepy way or whatever. And he's, he's got a good voice for that. But even though he has no acting experience, he's been really passionate about this project. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm following it and I'm getting into it. And I'm preparing all my lines and stuff. So he did a really good job the other day just being like, it's okay. I can help you. Just tell me what's wrong. So, like, the, the minute he finished, I was, like, called m -plus. I'm like, okay, shit's gonna be good. You gotta, you gotta step up and be like, really? You can, I don't want your help. Leave me alone. So Did it's, you really give her a don't suck call? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, was like, P.S., you better not suck. <laughs> That's like, okay. That's okay. This is okay. And I've definitely given them the don't suck call, but I'm like a bad boss. <laughs> no, but here's, here's what makes this, this is like when I, I guess, hopefully this will apply to audio dramas, but when I do my best writing is when the hoyden is on like one side of me and Prue is on the other and they're both like, we're reading this like as you write it and it better not suck. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's much harsher. Much it's like, don't be terrible. But it's really useful to have them there. They're both great writers and they'll be like, mm, no, yes. And we okay. hate everything. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've started some fan fiction that is nowhere near done and won't be on the internet for a good long while because yeah, I have to finish the I, series I feel first. like you've written anything since we left Toronto. Is that true or not? I have written, like, 400 words since you left Toronto. Are they? So you've written nothing since I left Toronto. It's almost like a whole paragraph. <laughs> Each word oh is bliss. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
I mean, that's You're 400 fandom. points of bliss. <laughs> and that, that's better than zero bliss. Yeah, no, you're suits fandom. I'm going to take up a collection once I get a PayPal account set up. It's going to be called Fly My Ass to Toronto so you guys can get some suits fanfic where Mike is a girl. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm writing. The, the, I, I, I should probably yeah. establish, though, like, let's, let's be totally honest. In Tokyo Demons, you're going to have to do romantic scenes with the male character that I'm voicing. <laughs> So, like, like full disclosure, I, I know. I I'm going to try really hard not to laugh. <laughs> yes. We, well, we had, we had too many uh, male... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we did a couple of guys' voices in drag sort of thing, and there was one guy that I just couldn't cast. All I could do was the impression of how I wanted him to speak, and <laughs> no one could do that. And I'm like, should I just do it? <laughs> like, and then Rebecca, our editor, is like, I can put an audio filter and drop your voice a little so you sound a little bit more, you know, androgynous. And I listen to it, and I'm like, that's fucking terrible, let's go. <laughs> like, why, why should we even pretend that this is anything other than some, like, girl fantasy, like, let's talk about cute schoolboys, I, I don't know. And anyway, it's, I think it will be interesting to follow M. Klutz's, like, acting debut on this terrible little audio drama. <laughs> I'm so, so ultra excited, Well, guys. the, the first chapter idea. is coming out on Friday. So, on October 28th. So, uh, and we listened to it in the car. Actually, we picked up Dove, and we were listening to it, and the driver was the guy who plays Joe, who's the lead. And I'm like, okay, guys, you haven't heard it yet. Here it is. We put it in. And they were, like, laughing through the whole thing. Like, who the fuck did that side voice? What was wrong with him? It's like, oh, yeah, that was a friend back in Connecticut that was, like, really, like, really not in the mood to do it. And we're like, you have to be a thug. And we had, like, our the sweetest people we know in real life pretending to be these, like, tough drug dealers. And it was, it's, the whole thing is very silly. Um, but Rebecca's a really good audio editor. She wrote a lot of music for it. She was actually a music student, and she composed all this stuff. Um, she's very good at audio oh. editing, and it's uh, it's coming out much better than I expected. And Plots is very good. You're doing a really, and you're improving really quickly. Now that I can pronounce my own name, I think that was like <laughs> step one. Yes, all the Japanese names. Like your name is Ayase Watanabe, and I'd be like Ayase Watanabe, and she'd be like, no. Do it 1,000 more times. <laughs> we literally just sat in a room for a while making me pronounce my name. Oh, but we're running out of time. But the point is, yes. it's super fun. I follow Tokyo Demons on Twitter. So you can go to Moonklets on Twitter and you can find Tokyo Demons, which is Tokyo Demons on Twitter. And um, I will probably be downloading it and live blogging it on uh, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Google, So you guys can just wait for that too. Great. Oh, yes. I think as someone who only has a single line in Chapter 1, you should totally do that. It'll embarrass everyone up <laughs> way more than me in proportion. So, And also, as because now that I know who's acting each part, it's affecting the writing, where it's like, I don't think this person has enough emotional range to do this mm -hmm. part. And also, every line in the boy that I'm voicing has been reduced to almost no lines at all. So I wanted <laughs> to speak as infrequently <laughs> as possible to spare myself and everyone else the fake boy voice, nice. which is clearly a fake. Just like a closing thought, just as a closing thought from one storyteller to another. <laughs> I really think that no matter what character arc M. Klutz's character has, it Wait. should be as graphically smutty as possible. <laughs> well, we were all cord, all like dubious, <laughs> like edgy, like fucked up shit all the time. Like, make sure you get some props in there, some buzzing noises, make some <laughs> Like, make it as crazy-tastic and dirty as you want. So, like, know what? so, like, that is that is what her spirit animal is crying out for. So, you mean, like, some sort of an apparatus with, like, video equipment, sort of, like, like, that's kind of yeah, what we... I feel like, I feel like if you need to build the sling for this, build the sling for this. <laughs>
I hate oh you my both so goodness. much. Well, thank you. That's I'll I'll definitely keep that in mind. <laughs> On that note, I think we should end. I'll be yeah. happy to consult with photographs. Okay. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you. I hate you so much. We have to go. All right. Um, we yeah, need to end. We need to end this. Really, we have a lot of episodes where I'm like, we need to end this. <laughs> like, it's got to stop. <laughs> this has to stop. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for joining us, Leanne. Oh, thank you for having me. You guys are so charming. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word, but yeah. <laughs> Enlightening? I feel. I definitely feel like I said the worst things, though. So That's every week. Yes. Don't worry. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you don't feel like you said the worst things, you've done slash report wrong. Oh, so. okay. okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Some sort of a spiritual journey. You're officially this is the first. an excellent guest. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, we took you to the desert and put you on shrooms. You're fine. Uh, 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 thank you? Yeah. <laughs> That's something I should be thanking you for. So we'll have uh, links on Dreamwith later, guys. And uh, the episode will be up for download on our Still Not Built site. Talk yeah. to you later. <laughs> Anyways. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Alright, so this is a song about anyone. It could be anyone. You're just doing your own thing and someone comes out the blue. They're like, alright, what are you saying? Yeah, can I take your digits? And you're like, no, not in a million years. You're nasty. Please leave me alone. Cut to the pub on a last night out. Remember her name? My body is filled with lightning and passion. <laughs> He had a lot of feelings and embodied by lightning <laughs> and semen, too, as it turns out. Yeah.